Hey. <laughs> we are the Authors Chaos, as you can tell. I'm SF Rogers. And I am D.L. Golden. And, and we're really... Today we're talking... <laughs> Go. <laughs> Sorry, my audio is cutting in and out really bad. We are talking to Alex Perkins from Perky Visuals today. How are you doing, Alex? Really, really good, thank you. And thank you so, so much for having me on as well. That's never a problem. We were so excited to be able to ask you to join us. Um, and we're, if you don't know, Alex has done the cover work for DL. He's also done the cover work for our sister-in-law, JC Bryce. And he just sent our sister, C. Britt, her first draft of her cover. So to say that we may have a biased opinion about our cover artist would be true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I I oh. believe it. Um, when JC Bryce got in contact with me, and then just the work that we've we've managed to do together has just been amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I've loved oh, every yeah. single minute of it. So I'm very very glad. Yeah, that that it all came together. That was it's been brilliant. Good. Well, we are super glad that she met you, Daniel. Do you want to give our little disclaimer here? Um. As always, we are not professionals. We do not do this for a living. Um, any advice that we give is just from our experience or anything like that. So take it with a grain of salt or take it as you can. So um, we're really excited to get to talk to Alex here and um, field some questions about cover art design. And so, as you know, it's kind of chaotic. We do things kind of informally. So if you giggle with us, laugh at us, whatever, we are just glad you're here. Um, and Daniel, I think you had the first question for Alex. I did. So we'll just dive right on in here. So Alex, how did you get into designing cover art for indie authors? So it's I always find it kind of weird how things come full circle. Because as a kid... I would always be drawing my show and tells in sort of primary school and infant school were always things that I drew. So I've always loved art. And um, when I was in high school, my graphic design teacher was actually my favorite teacher. And he got me into really, really the love of reading and picking up new stories. So my mum saw this and she would take me to the shop, to a local bookstore to get one book that I could teach myself something about drawing from. And then another book that I could just read for fun. So as time passed, I went to university. I did graphic design in university. And on my last year, we were doing briefs of, I was doing a lot of brand identity. So logo design, tone of voice for companies. And we were doing sort of fictional briefs. We'd just be given them and we would have to go away, create these logos. I just thought, I want to like work with people. I want my work to be out there in some way and get used to working with clients. So on my last year, I actually started reaching out to local businesses, started doing um, uh, brand and identity logo design work for them and set up a business. Me and my friends set up our own studio where we worked with marketing. He was a marketer. I was a graphic designer. We set that up. That was all going great. And then COVID hit the whole planet and uh, it just... <laughs> Businesses weren't looking for a logo when that was going on. Um, no. All that sort of just completely went out the window. 
Um, and during lockdown and during COVID, I thought, I just want to get, I want to create for creating sake. I, you know, I've got so many ideas. I watch all these films. I read all these books. I've got all this in my head. I want to get it out there. So I started doing digital art, photo manipulation, illustration, and I just fell in love with it. Completely fell in love with it. And awesome. it got to a stage then that I thought I was getting better. I could see I was getting there and I was putting myself against other designers and digital artists and I could see I was putting in the time and it was getting better and better. And then I got to a stage and I was putting some art on display and selling some prints on there. And then I thought, I want I want to do this for something. You know, there's 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 got to be an output, mm-hmm. a good output for this, and I want to work with people again because COVID was just awful. So, um, so I I kind of stumbled into it. I was looking and I was sat there one day and I thought, who does book covers? Like who? I just never knew there was this whole world of designers and freelancers that kind of worked. You know how massive this this sort of market was and how many indie authors there were out there. So I started buying books and I started reading books from indie authors, not big publishers. I was just like, this is Mm -hmm. insane. There's so many cool stories out there that, you know, I wouldn't even have known until I'd stepped into this world. And Mm -hmm. I was searching around for all this work. And I have to say, I am... reached out really cheekily. I was starting to go into groups and having a look at who was actually doing these book cover designs. And I met a lady in this group who's been doing book covers now for probably about 10 years. And I was just super, super mm-hmm. cheeky. And I just said, how do you start? What do you do? Um, fast forward two years, we've still, we're still good friends. We speak every day. We share work with each other. We're kind of like each other's peer reviews of our work. Um, she has a yeah. fantastic design eye um, and that was it I just started I started the first couple of book covers that I did um, I just said I'll do them for free I'd go into indie cover groups I'd say I'll do your book covers for free if you like them you can pay for them if you don't then that's fine I've still got something for my portfolio um, mm-hmm. and I've been like working with um, authors ever since every every single one that I contacted came back and bought the book cover from me. So that's awesome. That's how I got into it. Yeah, <laughs> that's really really cool. I I know JC had told us before that she met you through a through a Facebook page, right? She'd seen your work. Mm. Yeah, that was um, mm-hmm. it was a massive. Uh, that group's actually gone now, and I'm not too sure why because it was huge and it was brilliant for book for authors promotions um but yeah it was a client that I was working with that saw had just posted the book people were asking wow where did you get that cover from and that's where JC mm-hmm. sort of reached out then from there that's awesome I think it's I think it's really fascinating that you point out that COVID is the jumping off point for when you really started doing this because it goes hand in hand with a lot of people that I've talked to um, that have, have pushed their creative outlets further since the COVID pandemic. Um, A buddy of mine, I just started, I just talked to the other day said he started writing a book um, 
back when when the lockdown started and that's when my book origins began was back when the lockdown started i found all this extra time on my hands and um i can't say how happy i am with the cover for that book you know how many compliments i get on the dinosaur right there on the front cover (laughs) Uh, people absolutely love it so it's really cool that that grew out of that and you've made something of yourself from that that's awesome thank you thank you very much yeah I think that's what it was. It's just so much time to reflect on everything. And I'm so, so thankful for just making that because it was such a risk, you know. And I would say to anyone, you know, if you have that sort of passion and like you said, with writing, if you've got that idea, just just go for it. Go and do it. Just try it. And mm-hmm. there's no harm. There's no harm in trying whatsoever. Um. Because, yeah, I wouldn't regret a thing. So, so good. Well, that was definitely, that's definitely something that Daniel and I like stand on top of the hill of like, if you have an idea or you want to be creative, just do the creative thing that you want to do. There are always going to be naysayers. There are always going to be people who are like, oh, that idea is overdone or Mm. that idea is never going to get off the ground. But you are going to find that niche of people who are like, hey, I appreciate the art you're putting into the world and I want to support you. So it's, it's cool that COVID, the slowdown from COVID was what kind of pushed me back into reading because I had gotten to a point where I wasn't even reading books, but Mm. once everything kind of shut down, it was like, I have nothing else to do. And doom scrolling is not doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, like you get on, you get on, (laughs) go ahead. Well, well, that's, that's what I've. Uh, you know, I really loved about you guys is, you know, when I said, when I was saying to some people, like you said, you get the, the naysay, you know, oh, well, you can't do that. What, what, what happens if this happens and all this risk and all this thing. But when I just see how much you encourage each other to be better and to be bigger and every project is better and better. And I just fell in love with that because you'll notice when you do try with something, you do push for something, there will be people that will come and give you that support and push you on to do better mm-hmm. um so i love that that you're all mm-hmm. all like that it's such a special thing to have i think it's i think it's so funny um that you say that because jc bryce and i started writing our books almost around the exact same time but she put hers out earlier than i did and mm. Last January, I I had finished it and I had told SF Rogers here that I had it, that it, that it existed. Um, and she proceeded to blab to every single one of them that I had. <laughs> and I message after message that, oh, it has to, be, it has to be put out. You have to do this. You have to get it done. And that ultimately led me getting a hold of you from JC and all that stuff. So it's been, it's been a crazy journey. You need those hype people in your life, you know, to push Mm. you forward when that stuff happens. I will honest, I will honestly say, I think the best thing that happened was JC just getting a wild hair and her being like, Hey, I'm going to do this thing. Cause I've, I've been writing for a really long time. And then Daniel told me, Hey, I have a book that I finished. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> why have I not done this? Like, why have I not done this? And I vividly remember telling Daniel, telling DL that I had a plan and that I had a book I wanted to write. And I just remember he was like, just sit down and do it. 
Like, just mm-hmm. do the thing. And and I, like, as scary as it is, because it is, right? Like, these are your ideas and, and your world building that you're putting out there. And then even reaching out to an artist for a cover, mm-hmm. you, you know, like, you know the things that you want to do, right? Like, you know how your characters look. Um, and I... I respect the way that you take like your, your um, questionnaire that you send out is so in depth that it gives you enough things to where the author can be like, Hey, this is my baby. (laughs) (laughs) Do with it what you will, you know, like, but, but you give us an adequate space to like show you the thing that we have lovingly created and, and I super appreciate that you about you, Alex. Like it was, it was kind of a big deal when I got into your questionnaire and I was like, wait, he like really cares that this is something I've poured my heart into. Yeah. That, that's, that's always been so, the number one thing because I know, like I said, just the time, the blood, sweat and tears, the effort around all our other life, you know, everything else in life that's going on. And and yeah, you want. I want those covers to go out there like a Hollywood movie, you know, like something just massive, yeah. so that author can put it out there and feel so proud. Um, so yeah, I hundred percent agree. I, I lo- and I love that that you feel that way as well because that that is my ultimate goal. That's good. Um, you've kind of already answered my second question. Um, that was how long have you been designing covers for? And you said you started back a couple of years ago. So I'm going to swap that up a little bit, if you don't mind. What has been your favorite cover that you've designed so far? Do you have one that you just absolutely love doing? Oh, well, I've, I've really loved this. an author um, called Russ Tilton, who is one of the first people that... Uh, I, I ever started working with and I've done five books in his series now. His books are really um really, really unique and cool. And it's he's such a great author. He does really well on Amazon as well, but the covers for them was kind of like out of my comfort zone. That was one of the first time that I had to really get out of my comfort zone. And it taught me such a lot working with Russ and working with those covers. But it's really tough to pinpoint one because like yours, that was like <laughs> I, with yours, Daniel, like I kicked off the boots of that, and I was just like, I'm just going to go wild with this and just put so because it's such a cool concept. I think you can't you can't yes. be scared of going. It's such a wild and cool concept. You can't be scared of being wild and making this cool as well. So that one really, oh God, I spent so much time painting in those the magic wisps just to get everything like so cool and the dynamic the motion in it because i loved the theme and i loved reading your manuscript so i, I can't give a favorite well, they, so like, they are like my babies but yours was exceptionally cool and jc and jc bryce's like the themes and the titles are just all so cool you know what i mean they give me such mm-hmm. ammunition to fire with so yeah yeah it's hard to choose really hard. I well and and it's it's kind of like asking well asking any artist what's your favorite piece you've ever done like you've done certain things at certain times in your life right and they mm-hmm. all mean something different so that would be a very hard one to choose <laughs> <laughs> I I love um, yeah completely agree 
I, I love uh, with your theme because I, I haven't actually seen many books that involve dinosaurs. I mean, these tomes are sort of coming to that whole concept is really, really cool. And you can see from TikTok and you can see from social medias as well, the amount of people that were kind of like took aback by that theme as well. I was like, shit, there's dinosaurs in this book cover. Like, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm there. Right. Um, so it's cool. I remember, I remember when DL sent us, like he sent us the, the, picture that you sent him for like it was almost done it was like first draft and I vividly remember sitting with JC and I'm at her house and the picture comes through on the group chat and I'm like there's a dinosaur on the cover (laughs) and Eli is like there's a dinosaur on the cover and we were both like freaking out and then immediately you start like well why is there a dinosaur on the front everyone every one of my friends when I posted the picture on Facebook when I got the physical book everybody's like why is there a dinosaur? I'm like, you're going to have to read the book, man. Because I don't yeah. even know why there's a dinosaur on the front. Like, <laughs> you don't have to read the book. You have to read the book. <laughs> Just The cover design for that is so different from... Um the architecture of anarchy like jc bryce had it's just totally different realms mm-hmm. the way you did it and just made it absolutely perfect is is incredible to me and yeah that the t-rex on the cover is eye grabbing to say the least yes um and i don't i can't tell you how many people are like i have to read it just because there's a dinosaur on the cover it could be just a bunch of crosswords inside there at that point and <laughs> they'd have bought it you know so I, I do appreciate what you did, and I think it's absolutely phenomenal, and I'm glad that it's resonating with people. So, <laughs> I think, uh, SF, I think you had the other questions. Yeah, because you stole one of mine. Oh, my bad. <laughs> uh-huh. Can you tell Sorry. we're siblings, Perky? Can you tell we're siblings? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so is it sometimes chaotic to work with us authors uh when you're trying to like nail down exactly what we want yeah i think um i I think with those briefs like if you get a good detailed brief and you've all supplied those you know really gone into because again this is your baby like you know every character better than anyone you know you provide all this amazing detail so to get those back Mm -hmm. and i i remember saying to dan i said it to jc bryce as well like this is great, and it gives me the the few you know the start the kindling for the fire, but I've got more questions that I you sure. know when I start reading will come, um, and it, I find those conversations useful when more questions come. But what about side? Well, tell me a little bit more. Where can I just find in the manuscript some descriptions? Um, I think it is because. Because uh, I have it myself when I'm designing something, I'll have a picture in my head of exactly what I think it will look like when I'm done. And if I try to describe mm-hmm. that, it's very, very hard because it's just waffle in my head. Um, so I think getting those briefs down and really nice, clear and concise, then I can pick your ideas and create something then that's that's going to work for the genre, work for the the potential readers, exactly what they're looking for, but also something that you're proud to put out into the world as well. Um, So it's a tough mix. It is definitely a hard balance to get that. Um, That's that. I think that's why. 
Oh, sorry, go on. I'm probably lagging a little bit as no. well as I'm in. No, you are totally fine, Alex. Keep going. Um, I, I was going to say, I, th- I think it, uh, I think it really helps with those briefs, but because you have these sort of um, different ideas, you still got to use them because they're so prevalent to the book and they're so important to the book. It's just how you communicate that mm-hmm. to the readers. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I've got passion projects of mine, and if someone said, "Hey, it needs to look like this," I'd be like, "Hold on, hold up, <laughs> wait there." So it's a lot. Of, <laughs> it's a lot of trust both ways, and I, I just love the conversations because I feel like they really help. They and you. So personally, I filled out the questionnaire before I was even halfway through my first draft right? Like I was so hyped from Daniel's, from DL's cover and from JC's cover that I was like, I'm reaching out to this man. Like I'm going to fill out his questionnaire. And I'm fairly certain some of the things that I've filled out for you have changed because now like the first draft is done. Like I'm, I have 96,000 words on a page, like on a manuscript now, like that's huge. Right. But now I'm in this place where like, there's going to be a lot of stuff that gets cut. But I could answer that questionnaire better now because I know more about my world. I know more about my main characters and all of that, where I didn't know that when I was six, seven chapters. And when I reached out to you, I was like, hey, I really want to work with you. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm super excited to like, I am going to refill it out, right? Like I'm going to go back through and I'm going to change some of my answers and I'm going to send it back to you and I'm going to send you a copy once the manuscript's ready so that you can kind of read through it and see where I'm coming from. But I, I super appreciated how thorough that was. And, Mm. uh, I know that when people are searching for line editors or uh, beta readers or cover designers there, it's good to be super picky. It was Mm. really, really nice to have people in my corner who'd already worked with you who could vouch for your work ethic and the way that the the work comes back. So um, I just, I like your work speaks for itself, Alex. It really does. And it's breathtaking. Um, when Seabrit sent us hers, she sent us like the pictures you sent yesterday and we were, we were out of town and got the pictures and I was like, holy stinking moly this is amazing like this is a real thing right like this is gonna be great and like zooming in on the pictures i'm like oh my gosh do you see the background like look what's in the background jc like look at it she's like i know it's so good so just know that like if if no one else tells you that they're like super super happy to have you around the four of us are super happy to have you around (laughs) only singing your praises only singing your praises. <laughs> oh, 100%. And it, I, I was saying, like, um, with Cassie Britt's book, um, that that was another one where Cassie had ideas, you know, because I always ask, what are your ideas? Because there's some real key concepts in that book cover. I can't wait for the world to see it, but there's some real key concepts <laughs> in, that, um, in that book cover that are from Cassie's ideas. They're just in a different mm-hmm. format that will work to draw a reader in. And 
I, I have authors currently who aren't publishing until October, around September, October, but they've filled in a brief now. I think it's always good to get your your initial ideas just out there. It just helps just to get that into you know out on paper and have someone have a look. Um, and then, like you said, yeah, absolutely. When the time comes nearer to doing the book cover, fill that brief out again and let's let let's sort of delve deeper into. Now you've got the man- manuscript. Um, because yeah, things how well, how often do how often do things change? Do you find yourselves when you're you're creating these characters, these worlds? Because it's I find it unbelievable. I can never do it. I find it astonishing how you even attempt to do it. But how often do they change for both of you? Does it change a lot? Well, Daniel, do you want to answer this, or do you want me to answer this? Uh, I can I can go first on there. Um. As someone who has gone through the entire drafting process, they they can change pretty thoroughly um, from first draft to second draft. Generally, you're not going to get like a major, oh, this character becomes a totally different character, totally different idea by the end of a second draft. But like when I first started writing Origins, and I've told Sarah this, Size Tome was based on Walden and his... Uh, it summoned a loon instead of a finch out of it. And and that changed the character's dynamic and changed who the character was. But by the time I had really written the entire story, the characters were fairly set in stone. Um, mm. I don't know that there's a lot of massive changes that occur from a first draft to a second draft. I say that as my wife's read like three or four drafts of this book now. <laughs> uh, she could probably tell you differently than me, but... I generally, when I have an idea, by the time the first draft is done, the characters are fairly solidified. Um, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've been in that in that section of it. So yeah. what do you think, SF? So as, as someone who has a first draft out there that people are reading, I want to say that no, my characters are not going to change. But I am also not naive. So... <laughs> I have certain characters that will stay like there's no negotiables. Like they will stay the way they are. Um, Love them or hate them. That's just who they are as a person. There are some side characters that do, I think they'll end up getting on the chopping block and no one will ever see them past the first draft. Maybe. Um, But Daniel and I talk all the time about how I am not a plotter. Like, I knew first scene, I knew end scene. So everything in the middle, I just kind of fly by the seat of my pants to get from point A to Z. So my characters get a basic, like, this is their personality. This is their driving force. This is what they do. And then I drop them in the world and I say, here's your weapon. Have a good time. And I write what they do. And there were several moments, Perky, where I literally stopped and I was like, I did not know that was going to happen. And my husband was like, how you're writing it. How did you not know? (laughs) I'm like, well, the way my imagination works, I'm watching a movie and I'm writing what's happening. So when this character did this thing, I'm like, I created (laughs) that. I created that. Is there something fundamentally wrong with me right now? (laughs) it's but you know you just kind of go ahead no no you 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 carry on you carry on 
it's just kind of one of those things where you have a moment that you see this you see this world you see this character in this place and you want them you want it to come across the same way that you see it and there's one scene that I'm super excited for you to get to read when I send you the manuscript perky because it's she sees the castle the citadel for the first time and my nephew helped me create that that castle and it's oh. so important to me because it was his idea so to like have that description and have his input in what that looked like the first time you saw it mm. um is huge right and her reaction to seeing this breathtaking thing at, from someone who's never seen a castle, right? Because yeah. I've seen them in movies. I've seen them in artwork, never physically seen an actual castle, right? Yeah. So to, to write that out and then send it to an artist and be like, Hey, this is my Citadel. It is created by a six-year-old and I'd really, really like, for the wonder to be there, please. <laughs> it's huge. And, and I think that, and I think Dean DL would agree with me that there's moments where you write scenes, especially as a panster that you're like, oh, that's different than I thought it was going to go. I just lit a whole city on fire. This is, this is great. This is great. <laughs> uh, well, I, I always think, um, because how how is it better that you know that you've got people to talk do you talk a lot to each other about your ideas as well because i feel like through conversation sometimes great ideas can spark as well if it's like a collaboration so we actively send each other tiktoks every day <laughs> that's the first thing yeah but we yeah. have Go ahead, Sarah. Sorry. We have a group chat <laughs> named Authorville. And every day we're like, like today I saw a piece of artwork and Seabrit's been talking about a, a Red Riding Hood story she just randomly thought of. And it's a it's a Red Riding Hood with a like a huge wolf behind her. And I just mm -hmm. sent it in the Authorville this morning and I was like, hey, just so I can spark your interest in finishing maybe that story a little bit. <sighs> You know, so it's it's cool having built-in author friends. Yeah, it's. I think that's a really rare and strange thing um, because you see so many people on TikTok and other things who are like, oh, I've got this. I don't have anybody who wants to read it. And I, I had a group of three people that were literally cheering me on the entire time trying to finish with it. And our authorville... Um, form is a lot of ideas bouncing back and forth and it's a lot of commiseration of oh no i didn't save my document and just deleted a thousand words of something you know <laughs> but it's nice to have those people that you can talk to about that stuff i think that it helps a lot to spark ideas and troubleshoot issues with things like kdp or ingram spark with mm -hmm. those people that have been through it right. shout out again rice for saving our lives sometimes but <laughs> she she is the proverbial sword wielder for us well she, she was yeah, um so she she was brilliant on the on, on my podcast um i i need to get around to i've been so busy i haven't been around to edit that is the next episode with jc bryce 
Um, because yeah, it, it was such a brilliant episode. I'll have to is because what was the formation was of of this podcast? Was there a reason or a cause, or was it just let's talk about everything books? I like to talk. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good reason. That's a lot of it. That's a brilliant um. reason. I like that. That's brilliant. <laughs> no, we we thought. We thought it'd be good to, um, as a person who has published a book now, and as a person who is in the process of publishing a book, we thought it'd be good to get the ideas out there that this thing is a process um, Mm. over time. And we wanted to get it out to people that whether you are in your first draft or you're just getting the ideas of starting, that you need to give yourself some grace and we can talk talk to you about the hurdles of things that we've seen. We've our goal is to help indie authors to figure out how this goes and to just get to the point of okay, I can actually publish this thing. I think is really the main focus of what we've been trying to do and on top of that promote our books in the process, I think was a lot of it. We saw a lot of indie authors on TikTok, at least I did, and I know DL and I have talked about it where they don't have, they don't have support. Like they don't have somebody cheering them on, um, telling them, Hey, just keep going. And I know how beneficial that's been for me to have three people who are like, Hey, I care about you having a story. I want to see your story like in book form. And I personally know that like that support has pushed me to keep going and to not just, give it up. There's a lot of negativity out there of like, you have to follow these rules. You can't do this. You can't do that. But I always have those people behind me saying, no, like you can do it. Like your imagination, the thing that your imagination is creating has space in the world. And I personally wanted it to be, I wanted author's chaos to be a place where like other indie authors can come and they can hear someone say, I literally erased a thousand words from my document by not saving and realize that like, it's not a, a, only a me thing. Right. Like I can't, I went to Daniel. What was it like four months ago, Daniel? And I was writing my villain and I was like, I hate him so much. I'm going to erase him and start over. And Daniel was like, that's the point of the villain though. Like (laughs) I was like, no, I hate him. Like I don't like him. And Daniel was like, that's the point, Sarah, let's leave it. But to have that, to have that, camaraderie of like I literally want my tyrant to die Daniel and Daniel be like okay you're writing a good villain then like (laughs) you've got this I wanted other people to have that (laughs) (laughs) right right I I but I want other people to have that and I think that that again that birthed out of me having support I wanted Mm. other people to be able to get on the podcast and watch us laugh at ourselves watch us talk about writer's block and the fact that it's okay if you sit down and you don't want to write to not write. I think we as writers put a lot of pressure on ourselves that we have to sit down and reach a word goal a day. But in reality, like if you're not in the mood to write and you're writing 20,000 words, those 20,000 words could end up being the worst chapter you've ever written. Yeah. Like, or two chapters you've ever written. And then in first edits, they get cut because your heart wasn't in it. And it doesn't make sense to the story. 
Like I, I wanted, I personally wanted other people to know that there were others of us out there. Like I'm super frustrated with my character right now. She's making me very mad. So I'm just not going to write today. Like, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. I think that's, um, I'll have to put you in contact with a lady called Carmen Leal who came on, on my podcast. Um, her whole career was in marketing and you, you guys as a collective are actually doing a lot of what she was saying. We, you know, you should be doing, and it, it is hard. Even those TikTok videos that you create, they're so powerful to, to your audience and to fans, but I know it still takes time. Mm -hmm. You're still having to sit there. And, um, she was saying, you know, it's okay to say, I hate doing this. I don't like doing that. You know, it's it's okay to have those times. Nobody is perfect. Um, I'll 100% put you in contact because right. she is wonderful. And she's like a champagne bottle oh. that's just gone off. She's awesome. Um, She's fantastic. We would surely but, appreciate that. Yeah, yeah she, she'll hunt. She would love you. She would, you would get on like a house on fire. The, she's brilliant. Um. <laughs> And I think when you were saying about that, that support and that group, because I imagine when you're having these conversations, you're telling a lot of stories and you're talking to each other about, oh, this and, you know, the character. And you probably, a lot of people don't realize, but through these storytellings and when you're on TikTok and when you're creating these videos, uh, people love stories, even if it's, you know, a real brief snippet of how you came to come to this character or a little bit more information um mm -hmm. and it's so powerful doing what you're you're doing on these social medias and being involved as you are uh but it is incredibly hard it's so so difficult to keep on doing it it's definitely one of those things where i am watching dl make all of these super funny tiktoks <laughs> like i have watched him create so many tiktoks that i'm like I've got to up my game like I, this man. And then he goes and calls JC out. And he's like, I'm going to beat her to a thousand. And then she's like, he called a peasant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah, it's, I think it's having the tenacity to sit down and just make the content. A lot of times, um, sometimes it's just a slog to do. Um, mm. But I have draft after draft saved. So if I ever run into like, hey, I don't have something today, here's a post. But mm. also, if I don't want to make a TikTok for a day, I don't make a TikTok for a day, right. you know. And, yeah. But I try to stay as on top of it as possible because people's eyes on me are possible readers. Mm. And I, I want to get that idea out there as much as possible because we put so much work into the book and the uh, cover art and all that. I want as many people to get it in their hands as possible. And so I think that's, that's definitely part of it is just being tenacious enough to keep going, even when you don't feel like you're making much of a dent. Mm. Well, talking about Daniel making TikToks, Daniel's made a couple using AI art for some of his characters, right? Yeah. As an artist... You, do you see a lot of indie authors like picking up AI art for their covers? Like, have you seen an uptick in that? Yeah, it, it's something that I've been reading tons about. And it's, uh, I've, because at first I was like, you know, I had my pitchfork and I was like, you know, we're going to take down the machines and I was going crazy about it. Uh, but then I thought I need to educate myself on it before. Um, you know, before really talking about it. So I've read a book called Scary Smart by Mo Gordat. 
brilliant, brilliant book, and he's a wonderful thinker. Um, he was an engineer at Google X, very high up senior, and he was sort of at the birth of some of the biggest tech advances in AI. Brilliant guy. Um, the way the way I see it, at first when it was done unethically with um, you know sort of stealing artwork from a database, and yeah, I was completely against that because those artists aren't getting compensated for that work, right? But the more I learned about it, AI is doing exactly what I would do. I have these massive mood boards that I create of all these different inspirations. And I think that's what I love because I am so versatile. Like like you said, with JC's books to Daniel's to Cassie's and then to yours, they will look different because they fit that market, but they'll still look cool. Um but I have these mm-hmm. big mood boards and I'm collecting information. I'm feeding my brain of inspiration and learning as much as I can. That is all AI is doing. Um, is exactly yeah. the same process, but in 30 seconds, not a month. <laughs> um, so right. for me, I, I, com- I completely get it. And AI is, it's inevitable. It's, it is happening. And it's going to skyrocket so, so quickly over the next coming years that nothing will stop it. But I sit there and I think, well, there will always be a place, I feel, for me, that artists, authors, when they come to that final book cover design, that they like that process and they like engaging with someone that they can go to. And... I feel like AI art will become very mass produced. I can see AI art from a mile away and it is saturating um, covers at the moment. (laughs) You can spot it, can't you, right now? Yes. Um, So I I have the worst time with AI hands. Like that's the first (laughs) thing I look at and I'm like, that is messed up. Like that's AI. (laughs) Like they look like claws. Those aren't hands. (laughs) 20 20 fingers on a hand. Yeah. But well, that's um. I don't. That's uh. Go ahead. Because Mo, Mo was talking about um, there's like a few types of people. Like I've been um having a look at like ChatGPT because I I'm always going to do book covers and I will never use AI art even if it was ethically done forever and it, and it kind of is getting that that way now in a month or so it will be. I'll have nothing to argue about as a as an artist. But for me, that's that's my progress that's my sort of skill that's my, I love developing and like with Cassie's book I I actually had a first draft ready and then I went away and I slept and I came back and I was like that's not right this I need to develop this more <laughs> and it was that challenge that I loved getting over so I'll never use it just for that um but it is getting to the stage of being able to do everything incredibly quick so I've been using ChatGPT. I'm not against it. But if I said to you, would you use ChatGPT to write your next books? No. Yeah. No. Because no. it's the love Maybe. and that journey, I... isn't it? And that craft that you're building these things <laughs> um, is what, what I truly, truly love. Right. I, I think it's fun. I think the AI, like getting your avatars or whatever from the AI is, Mm. is all fun, right? It's cool. But there's something about connecting with an artist and 
telling them about your character that's different than just inputting it into into an AI generator. And I know DL will say that because he did so many videos where he was like, putting my characters into AI day one, day three. And there were several where he was like, why is why is Sai so young? Why is, does Alistair look like a giant marshmallow man? Like what is happening? Well, and the funny thing about that is it's all, it's all a copy and pasted prompt, right? So it mm. is not retyped, nothing's changed but you get this different interpretation from whatever art form you're filling in, right? Mm -hmm. But when I put it through to you, the thing was you drew the original draft and you said, okay, what can I fix on this? And mm -hmm. I was able to be specific and you changed the things I asked you to change without altering the overall picture. Mm -hmm. I think that AI is really bad at um, fixing fine point details without messing up the entire situation and i think um as an artist i think i would be upset about using ai to like write a book because i'm passionate about the things i write i i enjoy i love the things i put down on the paper i love getting my mm. ideas out there and for me to think well this is too much work i'm just going to say type me a novel about evolution right you're not going to get my story out of doing that and I think that I think there are a lot of people who have tried to use ChatGTP to write books. And anytime I see someone say that they've done that, the backlash online is just crazy, mm. incredibly bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I like I said, I have no problem with it to help formulate out ideas or something, but to put it out and pretend like you were the creator of it, um, that's when it becomes problematic for me in that sense i think well this was um... I, I literally oh, go sorry. ahead <laughs> sorry no you're fine you're fine um, <laughs> so uh so for me yeah th th this is the problem i have right now is there'll be snake oil salesmen and of in book cover designers that will because the copyright isn't 100 percent right now and they will either mm -hmm. lie and say, hey, I've complete, and like you said, took complete credit. I've created this. This is now yours. And it happened the other night in a, a Facebook group. An author had just released a special edition of her cover, and it was literally a stock. So that people were like, oh, I love this cover. I'm buying that edition. I want that in my collection. And the the image that was actually used was on Adobe stock, and it was an AI generative AI, and there was no edits. And I just thought, whoever I'm not, I'm not upset with the author, but the designer is poor. That is just poor, poor show. And you've charged someone for that. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like right. th th there are those people that will make a quick book now to get covers out there exceptionally quick and charge a hundred dollars instead of um, their usual rates and get that out. But the way that Mo. Because for the future, in the very near future, I don't think you'll be able to. You will know me and my style, but I don't think you will be able to identify AI very, very soon. There's some pieces that I thought someone's evolved that so much that it's becoming you wouldn't really tell. So the way that Mo described it was if we think of cars, at first they were very, very sort of premium and everyone was like, ooh, it's shiny and this is great. And now they're mass-produced, we all have them, we all need them. 
but there's just a few cars mm-hmm. in the market that are classic cars that some people really, really love. And for me, oh, yeah. book cover design, I I think I'm a classic car. I would like to just w- ride this wave out, work on other businesses and do book covers. And for the people that still love that interaction and that that style that we can create together, that I don't think AI will quite ever do. I don't think they'll, maybe so, because they're so intelligent, but understand an audience, understand how a human feels when we see a book cover. Um I'll ride that mm-hmm. wave out and I'll still be here 80 years old, angry, fuming and making book covers just because I love it. So I'll always be doing that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think for me, you brought up like uh, going on a chat GPT and, and getting a book written. And as a like sitting on my first draft, right? I would get so defensive over my characters <laughs> because it's not because I create, I created them, right? Like I, it would be very weird for me to claim that I made that because they don't, they don't understand different personalities like I would, right? Or how, how the personalities interact with each other or interact with the world. I feel like AI can learn that, like they Mm. can learn what anger is or wrath or, or peace or whatever, but I don't think that they understand like the ebb and flow of those things. And I, Mm. I think we're, I think we're a distance from them completely understanding. Hopefully Skynet isn't in the (laughs) near future, but you know, yeah, I am a Terminator girl. So it is on the horizon somewhere, I guess. (laughs) I, I, I think um... it's, it's just a lack of nuance, I think. Yeah. I think, um, you know, like look at the like look at you guys as a group of authors and that human connection, that that human pursuit. And I always say to people, you know, think amazing things weren't built in a day. You know, these things that you're so passionately proud of, it takes so much time to get there, and it's worth it to do it on that journey. So, with ChatGP, I've thrown some things in just. Just again, like a little kid, you know, like, oh, this is cool. And just letting Mm -hmm. to see what it, because I don't write, you know, and just having a look at different things. But I think when I come to do my own book, I will 100% love that time and that journey of creating whatever I come to create. Well, and I'm just going to throw this out there. When you get ready to write your own book, you got four American authors screaming <laughs> your name from the rooftops <laughs> and cheering you on. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you have been nothing but helpful and supportive the entire time. It's like there's going into this as a new author and just having someone who has worked with people who have self-published. It's been it's been mm. a dream come true to be able to be like, I don't know what you mean. Could you clarify that for me? And uh, I think we ran into that when we talked about um, the size, the exterior size of my book. And uh, Elias sent me one size and I looked at it and I said, okay. And I sent it to you and then I'm like, wait a minute. And eight by eight is square. It can't be a square. Um, And so I had to message you back and you just, you've been really understanding and really helpful. And I appreciate it. Well, it is, uh-huh. you know, that that's that's why I set up the pop uh, the podcast the podcast because I 
for the past two years, well, three years now, I've just solely been focused on getting really, really good with book covers and understanding that uh, as a skill and really spending all my time doing that. And one of my authors, and this will be helpful for your viewers as well, one of the authors that I was working with right at the very beginning, we did a book cover design, loved it, great, that was fantastic. And then shortly after, he was out looking for publishers to get his book out there. And unfortunately, he ran into a vanity publisher. $47,000 later, and no any sort of um, no progress, no nothing with his book. He's currently going through all the legal stuff now to get that back. And when that was happening, I had no idea because he said a publisher's approached me and I was like, this is unreal, well done, like amazing. And I was just kind of walking him into that even more. So when that happened, luckily, like we're working on a second edition now, he's working with the Australian Authors Society to get, they've got their legal team with him and he's like the end of the tunnel. Um, But after that, I thought, if I see anything like that again, because that's his life savings, that this is his dream that was just totally, yeah. totally stolen. Um, I thought, <laughs> I want to know and I want to be able to um, help people. And and even like you said, you know, with the the little parts of the process, you know, the uploading to KDP, how does editing work? How does marketing work? I just wanted to know everything about it and share that with everyone. Um because I, I completely agree there can be so many things along the way. I don't know how you do it. I love just sitting in my little book cover, hideaway, enjoying life. I don't know how you go through writing the book and then doing that whole process. It's such a mammoth task and well done for, for, for doing it. I shared a video on TikTok and it's from Lego Batman where Alfred's like, you have to do this. And he's like, I don't want to do that. And Alfred's like, you're going to make new friends. He's like, no. He's like, <laughs> you're going to have a fun time. He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. I shared that to, to DL and to JC because I was like, if that's not like the point, you create this world, you get your cover, you get the book done. And then you get to this point where you're like, hey, this is my heart. Please don't, please don't tear it apart. <laughs> <laughs> except do because it's probably got a bunch except of do because it probably needs torn apart but please don't kill me <laughs> yeah it's it's quite the process but it's it's a good it's a good growing experience i mm-hmm. think um you put down seventy thousand to a hundred thousand words into a word document and then you throw it out to somebody and you say okay I know this isn't perfect. Help me grow. Help me get this to be better. Mm -hmm. And I think without that growth mindset, you could write the most immaculate first draft ever. Without that growth mindset, you're never going to be a good author. You're Mm -hmm. just not. And it's, it's one of those things that when you send it out, you're like, okay, I know that I'm going to get these red marks back. I know it's going to be tough. But I can fix this. I've already typed all of these. Fixing the errors is only a fraction of that at that point. Right. So right. then figuring out marketing is a whole different beast. So. <laughs> <laughs> You'll definitely have to speak to uh, to Carmen. She, yeah, she'd be a brilliant guest to have on. Um, all and, right. and that, that's the thing, isn't it? Is uh, 
is just everything that comes with it. Because I, I was saying the other day um, to my partner, I, you just don't realise how much there is at the end of that. You, and I, I've always looked up to authors because they are my favourite people. How cool is it to be able to say that you're authors, you know, as well, that so I am an author, I'm, an, I'm a published author. You know, it's, it must be such an amazing I'm not feeling. there yet. No, that time's coming, it, That time's coming. It's close. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't feel real at all. People are like, oh, yeah, you're an author of a book. But, I mean, it is. And it, it's so cool to hold it in my hand and to have a legitimate cover on it and it look like somebody with any competence produced it. <laughs> um, I... I it's great. Um, <laughs> who were very congratulatory. I'm just glad that my thoughts are out there in the world that people can read them and people can enjoy them. People could even hate them, but they read them, you know, mm-hmm. and right. that, that's great. Right. Well, we were saying this has been a good talk. Oh, sorry. <laughs> go uh, ahead, Alex. Go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, I spoke. I spoke. One of the first authors that came on the podcast was Stacy, and he had uh, he just published his first book, and he I think he had it on Kindle, um, Kindle Vella or Kindle, no Kindle Unlimited, where they were reading sort of a newspaper page, and mm-hmm. he was saying, you know, people have put the book down and left it for a while, and I was like, there's a book over there that was. Um, that I've been trying to read for ages, The Wheel of Time. It's one of the biggest fantasy series in the world. And I've had to put it down because of work, because I've got, like, it happens to everyone. Like, that's a massive, mm-hmm. huge, you know, think these things happen. Don't be afraid of. And like I said, even if people don't like your book, it's, I don't think it's necessarily you're a bad author. It's just not for them. Right. I've watched so many films right. and there's not for me. So, yeah, take it in your stride and go for it because you're you're producing, you're just putting something so amazing out into the world. Yeah, well, and I mean, when you think about it, not every book is for every person. No, um, it's not. Not every story is for every person. Nope. And you can even take the most famous um, figures in the world, Shakespeare, for example, and the one thing people really remember him for is Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. He wrote... Mm-hmm all this other stuff, all these other plays, but he's not really talked about for every single thing he ever did. Not everything he ever made was perfect, but there are some things that got really popular and that's possible, but Mm. you take it in your stride and say, I put out what I could do. And if people love it, they love it. If they don't, they don't and move from there. Mm -hmm. I think JC has a really good outlook that she always kind of puts out anytime I'm like, no one's going to like it and I'm just going to stop. And she always tells me like, you will find the people who appreciate your imagination, even if it takes five or six years to find that niche of people, you will find the people. And Mm. as she says, even if the only people who buy the book are family and close friends, you got your idea out there. And someone supported you. And I have been kind of, as I sent out first draft to editors and to to my editors and to my beta readers, I just remember hitting send and being like, okay, they love me. 
this is not a reflection of who I am as a person, right? Mm. Like the edits are not a reflection of who I am as a person. I have been questioning if I really know English. So. (laughs) 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 You know, so it's, I don't know. It just having 96,000 words of your soul Mm. out there for, for people who, you know, to read and like, see parts of you that maybe you aren't necessarily willing to talk about because we do pour parts of ourselves in the book. It's super Mm. scary, but it's worth it. Like JC says it all the time. Like it might be scary, but just do it. It's worth it. It's worth every second of just stepping out and being out there. So I'm definitely living in that place right now, having to wait for beta readers to read it. I sent out an email yesterday and I was like, just checking on everybody and making sure y'all are okay. Cause it's been a week and a half and I haven't heard from anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that must be such a, a daunting game. time. That must be such a daunting it's, time. Well, back. I, so I printed out a copy for myself to like, kind of go through and do whatever edits I think it needs. I wanted to look at it with reader's eyes and not author's eyes. But I just can't get my brain to stop and pick it up and do the thing. So I'm just like, okay, when I want, when I want to, I will get to it. ADHD is firm right now. I will let the beta readers read it. I will get to it. I have no deadlines. Yeah, yeah. I have no deadlines. I think um, because I what I guess I had on um, was a traditionally published author and he was saying now like he's in a contract and he has like, he has these major deadlines Um, loves it. Great. You know, that that's cool. But when I found like self publishers and there was just, this is just pure creativity. This is just pure heart that goes into this. There's no deadlines. This is just cool people that have amazing ideas. That's when I really started getting excited because it was and amazing that Amazon and, uh, Ingram Spark opens the world for us readers to read these stories. It was so so cool, um, so I like it. Right. Yeah, that, and deadline deadlines as designers is amazing. Like that that really helps. But for just like out when I'm creating, that no deadlines is brilliant. That's when the best work happens. It's cool. I think for me, if I would have had a deadline, my book would have ended on a very different note. <laughs> it would have ended on a van like there would have been a very different like rushed I don't like to feel rushed I'm one of those people that like if you tell me hey you have to do this thing I'm like hey I'm gonna show you all the reasons why that's not gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) she's gonna sit here and tell you that this book has taken her so long mine sat in my computer for like two years and Sarah's over here like three months worth of work okay She's beating herself up over how long it's taken. Three months. Listen, you're talking about three months. I got a whole book, a whole ass book sitting in a laptop that's never going to see the light of day that I wrote in 2010. Okay? Never going to see the light of day. Never. (laughs) Not even once. That's that's amazing, Pete, because, like, uh, if I'm just doing, like, a piece of artwork, it might take five, six hours you know, if I'm just doing it for myself and for, for some, for like exploring some ideas, but that's like a huge amount of work. And I've spoke to so many authors. I've said, yeah, there's, 
there's like four books there that ain't no one's ever going to read. I was like, that's so much time invested in creating that. But it just, will you ever go back to it, do you think? Or is it recycled? I was really young when I wrote that book. I was, I was really, really young when I wrote that book. I was not married. I was very naive. It is, <laughs> it is, no, probably not. It's probably going to stay in the, it's probably going to stay in like the, this was very naive baby Sarah thinking that this was the way of the world when it is not. No. Now there's the short stories. There are short stories that I will probably go back to because I have short stories that I wrote for like creative writing classes that mm. I could expand on and make into something. But like that story, it's going to stay. Mm-hmm. It's just sleeping. It's just always sleeping. It's my yeah. sleeping beauty. <laughs> <laughs> But you, it's, it's a lot of work to write. It is. Um, but I'm assuming the same thing happens to you as an artist. You get into a groove when you're writing. Um, and like yesterday I sat down for like an hour and I'm just like, I'm going to write this one quick scene. And it ended up being like 2,500 words or something I put down on the page yesterday. Mm. And I don't even know how I got to that point, but I know that, I just, you tend to get into a groove. It's kind of like when the scissors start to glide to the wrapping paper, you know, while mm. you're, while you're cutting and it just, it kind of goes. Do you feel like that ever happens when you're designing something? A hundred percent. And I feel like um, that, that's, that's such a love when you look up and there's like five hours ago and you haven't moved. You've just been so involved. Yeah. That, <laughs> right. that is like that beautiful state that you just, <laughs> I, I could live in forever. It's magic. Absolute magic. Get that all the time, yeah. It's, cra- it's crazy to, like, talk about, hey, I sat down to write. I sat down to write because I had one idea from one line on a TikTok. And you look up and your your partner is standing in the living room going, are we going to eat dinner? Like, you've been <laughs> in the same position typing for like six hours what is happening right now it's like oh whoa wait hold on a second i just wrote three whole chapters i probably need to stand up i probably need to go get a drink like you know it's crazy how that happens to us but it's also really really neat how our brains work to do that Mm. there's a reason we refer to it as a runaway daydream you know yes (laughs) so so yeah that's our there's our shameless plug for for our website and what we call our authors group is runaway daydreams because that is what all of this is. We all had a daydream and we wanted it on paper. And in, in terms of Just marketing and, and doing that, you know, uh, people will obviously buy stories that they like, but they buy into the people and you're the best group of people I've ever met, frankly. It's <laughs> Thank you. So sharing that content and the website that is such good marketing you know that's true i i feel that's true genuine marketing and people will just flock to that um so yeah uh, just amazing amazing stuff thank you really really cool to see what is happening oh my computer decided it was done it was decided it was done she's just done (laughs) (laughs) I didn't move my mouse enough. Oh, uh, well. Uh, 
this has been awesome. Yeah, it's been a really good talk. I yeah, I have enjoyed getting to sit down with you, Alex. I know you're probably getting pretty late for you. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not too bad. I've got Cassie's uh, uh, sort of edits to do now as well. So so I'm gonna get I'm gonna get into my flow state, and I'm I'm away now for the next few hours. <laughs> <laughs> I like Our it. Our family's gonna keep you up all night. <laughs> yeah. No. It's been amazing. <laughs> Thank you so so much. Um, it has just yeah. It was. I I feel like fate is such a a weird thing, and I don't feel like there's like luck is real. I think there was a reason that JC reached out, and then everything happened since then. I, it's just oh, been the sure. best experience, and you have really really made um you know my book cover design career such a fun one. It's been brilliant. Well, we're glad you could join us and just know that when we, when we call you friend, like we genuinely mean that. Um, I know the four of us, we, we are super appreciative of you for your, your cover work, but we're also appreciative of you for wanting to be on our podcast. You are officially our first guest. So congratulations. Wow. This is history in the making. This is cool. So when they, yes, (laughs) this is so cool. No, thank you very much. All right. Well, well, where can we, where can people find you on socials, Alex? So my main sort of hub where you'll find all my, all my um, cover releases and things like that is Perky Visuals book covers on Facebook and Perky Visuals with two S's because some horrible person out there has stolen just one S. So on Instagram, Perky Visuals with two S's. And my website as well, alex-perkins.co.uk. And we'll get your links from you and tag them in the uh, description and all that jazz so people can connect with you and kind of learn about you. Guys, we are so glad you joined us for the Author's Chaos. Uh, This is kind of going to be a long one, but totally worth every second. Yeah. Thank you so much for showing up, guys. I am DL Golden. Uh, Shameless Um plug. My book, Origins, is available on Amazon now. If you want to check it out, if you want to see some of Perky's artwork, it is on the cover of that. So, And I'm SF Rogers, and we were glad that you joined us. Have a nice night. Bye. Okay. <laughs>